I want to get into the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Um, we talked last week about the day of Pentecost, and I'm not going to go through all of the details again um, about what happened on that day, but it's important to know that it's just not something that was unique to the first experience of Pentecost. It is something that continued in chapter 10. It's something that continued in chapter 19. And it is also something that continues in Paul's teaching when he's writing letters to the churches to explain to them how to have a good and orderly worship service. But yet in that context, Paul begins to explain a personal point of view of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when we say baptism of the Holy Spirit, I am talking about what we would consider speaking in tongues. Now, right away, when I say speaking in tongues, you either do two things. Either you say, that's crazy, or amen. Because it seems like there's just no in-between. But I'm telling you this. It's in the Bible for a reason. When Jesus told the disciples, hey, I want you to go and wait for the promise that the Father has given you from on high. He's going to clothe you with power from on high. You go wait for that. I believe that Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. And on the first day of Pentecost, when they're all sitting there, and the Bible says that they were sitting. So there's no, you don't have to be jumping up and down and, and making these crazy things going on. They were sitting and they were praying in the upper room. And then all of a sudden, someone starts speaking in tongues. And someone starts speaking in tongues. And someone starts speaking in tongues. And you know what happened? Peter gets on his phone and he goes on Facebook. Hey, crazy things are happening on here, right? Check this out. And people outside of the room heard it. They said, they are praising God in my native tongue. How is that possible? So this is, this is scripture. This is what happened. And there's nothing to be afraid or, or say that just doesn't make sense. Because what happens is, is that when you begin to to speak in tongues, when you begin to, to, to pray in a spiritual language that the, the, the Spirit gives you, your mind goes into a place that it says, this isn't right, this isn't real, this is, you, your mind fights it, your mind fights it. You see, I know how things work, like I said, and, and we were just at the track meet just the other day, and uh, they were doing the 4 by 800 and I just, I know how that race works, and all of a sudden I looked and I saw these shoes that should not be there, and they were wheels. And I said, why is Will running in the 4x800? This does not happen. It shook my whole world. I had to, I had to say, honey, is that Will? And she's like, yeah, that's Will. Go, Will. Good job, because we know we're not running that. And he ran that, but it was out of the ordinary. But yet, the coach knew what he was doing. The coach put him in there for a reason. And the Lord gives us these things for a reason so that we can run the race well. We can live and experience the power from on high. And so even though our mind says, well, wait a minute, that just doesn't sound right. I'm just letting you know what scripture says. Now you can interpret out the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can remove it from scripture easily from your mind. Say, oh, that was just a one-time thing. No big deal. It doesn't happen now. I've even heard people preach this that said, hey, if you can speak French, you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't speak your native language, you have been given the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, great, I'm not baptized. I can't even speak Spanish well. You know, my wife, who's Caucasian, knows more English or Spanish than I do. You know, it's crazy. And so, obviously, I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not what the Scripture says. The Bible says that these people were praying, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, because they start uttering things in another language, in another tongue. People outside heard this and said, this is, can't be what happened. What's going on? 
going on. Later on, Cornelius, he gets saved. Peter's uh, talking to him and preaching Jesus. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. The Jewish brothers go back and say, it happened to the Gentiles. This is crazy. Paul goes and sees these people and runs into them in Ephesus and says, hey, did you you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Paul's excited about it. Paul wants to tell them about it. Paul wants to share it with them. And they said, we haven't even heard about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And finds out they didn't have it. And boom, praise for them. They start speaking in tongues. Where does your mind go with this? Like I said earlier, I love, I love science. I love math. There's a, there's a wholeness, a completeness, a, a, a nice feeling knowing that things work a certain way. But the Bible is true. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture is God-breathed. God put it in there for a reason. And that reason is he wants to give you a gift. We talked about the Holy Spirit and his personality, the ability to think, the ability to have a will, the ability of feelings. We talked about the activities that happen in your life, how he reveals things and teaches things. He confirms the truth. He also lives inside of us. He speaks to us. He watches our steps. We can also treat the Holy Spirit in a negative way. We can learn to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, just as we can learn to hear it. We can learn to ignore the promptings and the sensitivity and the the listening. We can ignore, we can learn to ignore those, or we can tune in and really be highly alert of the Holy Spirit and what he is trying to speak to us. You can lie to him, you can grieve him, you you can muffle his influence but he is always there. And there's even a point where you can even reject him. But Paul says to these people in Ephesus, I want to tell you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's so excited about it. And then he runs into a situation in Corinth, the church there in Corinthians, or in, uh, that he's writing to in Corinthians, and they're having a really disorderly service. It's kind of like the way I run service, right? You're like, where are we going? You know, it just, it was really disorderly and people were prophesying. People were speaking in tongues without interpretation. People weren't waiting for each other for communion. All these things were going on. And Paul says, I need to help you out here. And he gives them this orderly advice. Now, this is the context of a church setting. And this is what Paul says. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And anyone who speaks in tongue edifies himself. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Notice this, this verse here, the, the heart that Paul has for people. He wants people to enjoy service. He wants people to enjoy the church experience. He wants people to, to experience the edification and the strengthening and the courage and the comfort that happens when we gather together. When we were earlier talking about testimonies and giving testimonies, what God is doing, it just it encourages us. It strengthens us. It, it, it edifies us. It builds us up so that we know that God is moving. Because how many times do we experience pain and suffering and, and we start to get down and, and we start to allow our feelings and our, our emotions to weigh on us. But then all of a sudden you see, wait a minute, they went through those experiences and yet they still have faith in God. 
I can have faith in God. It pulls us up and strengthens us and encourages us. But if I started to come in here and I started speaking Ethiopian to you, I don't even know if that's a language. Hopefully it is. But if I start speaking a foreign language to you, you're going to look at me and say, what? I don't know what you're talking about. But if I speak to you in a native tongue and you understand it, it strengthens you, encourages you, and comforts you. But look at what Paul says. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes people use the Spirit as a thumping block or a, a, a baseball bat that says, I'm a better Christian than you. I can prophesy. I can speak in tongues. I have the gift of faith. And you know, and you kind of beat someone over the head. But what does the Bible say? Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. You know what the, the, the hardest part I have about love? is this, I'm just being honest. The hardest part I have about love is it always puts the other person first. Can you believe that? Why doesn't it start with me? Because if it started with me, man, I would be a man of love all the time, right? So, <laughs> Pastor, you love yourself too much anyways, you know? But the thing is, is that love always starts with someone else. So if I have a gift of the Spirit and God gives me this, 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 this gift that I can use in a church setting, I'm not going to beat someone over the head. I'm not going to condemn someone because they're not a prophet. I'm not going to condemn someone because they don't speak in tongues. I'm not going to know what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them and I'm going to pray with them and I'm going to believe with them. I'm going to join them in their spiritual battles until we see victory. Why? Because it's all about the other person. It's love. Paul says, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Look at the weight of what speaking in tongues is. It is about speaking to God. It is about speaking to God. I shared just last week how we were coming back from the volleyball game, and I was so afraid of, of what was happening in the car, I began to speak in tongues out loud, and I scared my daughters half to death because they really don't never hear me do that. But at that moment, I was just thinking about myself. <laughs> at that moment, I'm thinking because I'm driving. When we were youth pastoring in Spring Valley, we took the the kids to this this ski resort thing and and we went skiing and and you know and they offered us a discount if we skied late at night you know past midnight which now i understand why because it's all frozen and iced from the sun and those things are slick you know and so so it wasn't skiing it was basically sliding down ice and so we're going we're there and i'm not a good skier i mean like i said i love science and i understand physics top heavy small ankles it doesn't look good you know doesn't it, it doesn't work well and so we're we're skiing and we were just newly married you know excited we're still in that honeymoon phase and we took the kids skiing and and uh, and and we were going to go down this bunny hill and and I told my wife I said you follow me girl I'm going we're going to have this you follow me and so we did well so she was following me and, and and I'm going and I see the sign that says bunny hill this way and but I just kept going because my skis and the ice and the weight, boom, kept going. And so my wife says, I trust this man. I trust this man. And all of a sudden it went from Bunny Hill to kind of, we went down the most extreme hill you could go at this ski resort. And, 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 and everyone just kind of, you know, the, the, the ice, the path just kind of took my skis. I'm literally like this. And I go downhill. 
And as I'm going, momentum, momentum just begins to gain speed. And I'm chuka 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 chuka. This train is going. And I'm and I'm just woo, flying. It's like a comet coming through the atmosphere. Woo, I'm on fire, right? And I'm going down this hill. I'll tell you this, I'm gonna be very honest with you. I did not even know I had a wife. <laughs> Because I was thinking of me. I was thinking of me. Then all of a sudden I get down and I finally come to a break. And I'm, oh, thank you, Jesus. I will give my life to you. I'll do whatever you do. You know, you pray one of those prayers. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and all of a sudden I turn around and there's my wife walking down the hill covered with rocks because she hit a dry pad. Boom. Let's just say we got hot cocoa and never went skiing again. The thing is, is that when we are in the moment, we're always thinking about ourselves, But love thinks about others. And, and Paul says, listen, when you speak in tongue, you are speaking directly to God. That's a personal moment. That's a good moment. But when we're in a church setting, it's about people. It's about us. And so he says, but he says, so the one who um, speaks uh, in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. So, so this is something that is not generated from you. This is from the Holy Spirit that is pushing you in and giving you the ability to pray in this language. In verse 3, it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Just because you prophesy doesn't make you better than anyone else. It just means that God is using you to bless other people, to bless other people. Ray shared a word from the Lord yesterday or last week, and, and he shared how we are all in his hands, that God has everything under control. And that same word that Ray said out loud was the same word that my son, earlier in the service, God was saying to him. And he, he felt something inside of him. And then when Ray began to share this word, it just lit a fire in Tony's heart because God was speaking the same thing to him, and he heard it. And when he heard it, he was encouraged. He was strengthened. He was excited. So God's word, when the Holy Spirit you know, speaks to us through prophecy, it's to encourage us. And then, but Paul says this in verse 4, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And this is, this is what I want to just talk to you real quickly about. Just three quick things of what happens when we speak directly to God. The first thing is, is that we speak, uh, when we speak directly to God, that we are having direct access to him. We have direct access to him. And you truly are praying in the spirit when you pray in a spiritual language, when you speak in tongues. Ephesians 6, 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray in the spirit. Not pray in a certain mode, but pray in the Spirit. And we know that we can pray in the Spirit when we pray in our spiritual language. Now, you can choose to pray in the Spirit or you can choose to pray in your native language. I choose to do both. And the reason why is because Paul chooses to do both as well. He says later on in verse 14, I pray in a tongue. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what do I do? I pray with my spirit but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing in my spirit, and I'll also sing with my understanding. You see, the Holy Spirit does not 
possess us as we would consider demon possession. When someone who is demon possessed, when someone who is possessed by an evil spirit, they are doing things that are against their will. They are being controlled because of this demonic spirit that's inside of them. But that's not God. God doesn't control us. God doesn't, God doesn't put us in a state where we are just not, uh, robots that do his command and his will. No, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We allow the spirit of God to come in us. We ask Jesus to be a part of a life. We receive his spirit. He lives in us. And that is the reason why you can disobey God that is the reason why you can sin is because we still have choice and Paul says I choose to pray in the spirit and I choose to pray with my native tongue I choose to sing in the spirit and I choose to sing in my native tongue the choice is mine and I choose to do both why because Paul is praying with understanding there are times we need to pray with understanding Lord I pray that you would bless will in the future that he has at college Lord I pray that you would be with Dor and her family and the salvation they need. Lord, I pray you be with Gary. There, there's things that we can pray for and we need understanding to pray for specific things. But there are times when you're just in your personal times of prayer that I would pray in the spirit. And I, and I try to discipline myself. Whenever I start off praying, I usually start off just praying in my spiritual language, speaking in tongues. Now let's just break this down from a scientific point of view. What benefit does that have to me? I don't know what I'm saying. And it sounds foolish if you just sit there and pop in on my prayer time. What benefit does it have to me? I know what benefit it has. It's called edification. Paul says that those who pray in a language edifies, build themselves up. They build themselves up. They are encouraging and strengthening. And you're doing it all by faith that God's word is true. It all is by faith. And so when I pray in the spirit, sometimes even, even now the devil will come and just, oh, listen how foolish you look. If this really worked, how come this isn't happening? If this really worked, how come your church? If this really worked, how come your family? If this really worked? And you know what I do? I double down and I pray even harder in my spiritual language. I do that all the time. Why? Because I will not let my mind tell me what the God's word says. I won't let it speak out those things. I am very convinced that God's word is real. So I will be edified with it. So when you pray in the spirit, you choose to pray and you pray God's perfect will. You speak directly to God. That's the first point. The second point is this, is that you build your faith. Anyone who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. Like I said, it means to build, to repair, to make more able, to increase the potential of someone by strengthening and building up the person. You can start off being, you can start off with this heaviness, you can start off with the struggle, but when you pray in the Spirit, there's just something that happens that God begins to repair and to make you more able. Because what did Jesus say? That I've come to, the Father wants to give you power from on high. I love power. I love power. You know, you get some of these little kids driving by with the little four-engine cylinder cars, you know, it's like a bicycle with a lawnmower motor, you know, it's, and they pull up next to me with my big old V8, you know, and they sit there and they're like, hey, you want to race? And I'm like, what? Huh? Race? Okay. Boom, they take off. You know, and I'm like, man, just, you know, I can floor it. The thing is, is that I know the power that I have because of the potential but if I put a turbocharger on that thing, who yet? 
It's Father's Day. It's coming up, baby. All right, my birthday's coming up. I put a turbocharger on there. I call up James. Say, James, put this blower on there, man. Whoa, whoa. What happens? More oxygen, more fuel makes you more power. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and make you more able. He wants to give you more ability. And that's edification. That's building up your faith. There are times... There are times when I am so discouraged and so down that all I would do is pray in my spiritual language. And sometimes when I was going through just the hardest moments of my life, I would pray for a half hour, an hour, and just in speaking in tongues. And through that moment, through those times, I just felt like God was just building me up, giving me the strength to do what he's asked me to do, to believe what he's asking me to believe in, to do and to act and to be what he has created me to be. That is available for all of us. The Bible says that it edifies us. It edifies us. Finally, the Bible tells us that our prayers um, amplify God in our life, amplifies him. It, it magnifies him. It builds him up bigger in our life when we pray. You see, when we speak in tongues in a corporate setting or we prophesy in a corporate setting, our excitement about God builds. Wow. Wow. When we see and hear what God is doing, wow. And when we personally worship God, we don't need an interpreter so when I pray in the spirit, I'm not waiting for someone to come through and interpret what God is saying because I am praying directly to him. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when they were there praying, these 120 or so were praying, there was no interpreter there. There's no one there interpreting. Why? Because they were just all praying their personal prayer language and they were just praising God. And the God was being amplified. I love it when we amplify things, you know, when we blow things up and we see what's really the, what's behind the scenes. And, and so that's why Paul says, I'm going to do both. I'm going to pray with my spirit. I'm going to pray with my mind. And the disciples, when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in tongues. No one interpreted for them, but they began to declare the wonders of God because that's what the people said outside. Listen to them. In my language, they are declaring the wonders of God. Think about this. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in the spiritual language, you praise him and you praise the wonder of God. That is awesome. And what you are doing is your spirit is glorifying God in all of his wonder, in all of his power. You know, I am always amazed by things that are so big, things that are just huge. It just, it just amazes me when you see a big building or you see a big door. You know, you see, you see something big just to think about the power. You know, when we went on our cruise ship, when we were going on our honeymoon, we went on a cruise ship. That was the biggest ship I ever saw. Wow. I was struck in awe of the wonder. And what I started to do was I started to figure out how in the world did they build this? What kind of building? And, and you start thinking about the dry docks and how they do it in different pieces and they ship the, it's just amazing to discover the wonders of something. And when we pray in our spiritual language, we are praising God and all of his wonder. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you are. I don't even know if you have the ability to 
pray in the Spirit and to be, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know this. It is not complicated. A lot of times people, they get hurt because they feel condemned because I don't speak in tongues. Remember what Paul says, everything in love. I love you so much. I love you so much. And, and, and this is what I want to tell you. It is a gift. It is a gift. Who taught the disciples how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? No one. The Lord saw their heart. They said, God, we just want you. We want the gift that you promised through your son, Jesus Christ, who told us to wait here. Lord, we just want you. We want you. And they, t- they allowed the Holy Spirit to move in their hearts and something inside of them began to urge this noise, this language, this utterance. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God enabled them, meaning this, that he gave them the ability to do something, but they had to open their mouth. They had to do it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't control you. He resides in you, but he doesn't make you. I've been, I was in a prayer meeting one time, <clears throat> and they were praying over me, and, and, and they were praying some pretty wrong things in my life, and I got mad. And I just stood there. I stood there, and I was mad because I was hurt because they were praying some wrong things. So I understand sometimes we get hurt. I understand sometimes we get hurt when people condemn us or look down upon us, but that's not me. I just want you to have all that God has promised you. And that happens when we give the Holy Spirit everything. And we say, okay, I don't understand it, God. I don't understand it. So we're going to close here in just a moment. But I want to give you an opportunity. You say, Pastor, I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I want to. I want the gift that the Father has promised me. All you have to do is just ask and you will receive it. Now, your mind is going to fight you. Your mind will tell you that that's not what the Lord is. That's not from God. But if you would just trust knowing that God's presence is here, that if you just ask, He'll give you, He'll give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit or maybe you're here And it's been such a long time since you've practiced the gift, the language that God has given you. Just ask. Say, Lord, help me. And just begin to pray. But I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray with you this morning. Now, it's going to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to come up front in just a moment. And and part of your mind says, well, I don't want to go up front. I don't want to be embarrassed. Listen, it's not about that at all. We're a family. Remember, we do everything in love. But I know this, that if my kids had a gift for me, I'm going to get it. God has a gift for you. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask you to just come up and find a place up here, and I want to pray with you. It's just a simple prayer. If that's you, and listen, God is with us here this day, so give me an opportunity. If that's you, just come on up front, and you say, Pastor, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 